your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make you feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by TheSmallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. You know, it, 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 if you were there, I know there was a few fans that made the trip down there to drop in Missouri. You were like me, you were watching it online on the, the very inaccurate quality consistency standpoint of the stream that would go in between like 240p and 1080p what what you saw it 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 was it was again it, it i'm not gonna lie to you here okay i'm not gonna lie to you much like missouri western i'm gonna just share you my stream of consciousness okay after the game i was not in the best mood i was gonna be honest with you here i i, I had to walk away I got some food, had a little beverage. Uh, I was, it was not good because for the second straight year, I felt like we lost to a team we were just flat out better than. Now, I was not surprised that the game was close. And if you recall, I've been saying this now for quite some time, especially last week, that Missouri Southern team, they, they play better then their talent suggests they play hard. I give their coach, I think his name was a, a Tuba Bradley, a lot of credit there. His ball club fights. And, and so I was expecting them to come out and, and, and have it was gonna be a good game. I did not, not expect a, a 42 to 7 win. I, I was expecting it to be a tight contest because that's a solid, well-coached football team. And as we've seen with Kansas, a solid, well-coached football team that believes and plays hard can can definitely punch above their weight. What disappointed me the most about Saturday's game was just what transpired after that final touchdown in the the last eight or so minutes in that football game. It it went from a five-point game you were feeling good at that point. I was feeling good up until that point, quite frankly, because I felt like UCLA was still in the ball game. It was similar to the Emporia State game from 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 uh, a couple Thursdays ago, where I felt like they were still in the in the ball game. It was it was a two score game for most of the game. I was still feeling confident. You know, Steph. I know Steph plays his best ball in in the in the fourth in the in the clutch there, and it was looking like. You know, we were going to have a great finish again. It was a five-point game. It was anybody's game. And and I still don't know. I mean, this is this is the next day. I, I still don't know what transpired over that last eight or so minutes to where we went from a 26-21 game to a 40-21 loss. I mean, it it just it it was it was disheartening. The way the game ended, how poorly the game ended for UCO, they're allowing the two touchdowns. Uh, offensively, they had two turnovers on downs. It just, it went south so fast. And it's hard to pinpoint how and, and why it went fast, that went down that fast. I mean, it just... I, I, I still don't know. This, I, I still don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I went back. We, we did the highlight, the player of the week video. Uh, you're probably hearing this Monday more than likely. So uh, you might have seen the player, the players of the week uh, highlights. And then obviously we have the, the game highlights dropping as well uh, Monday night at 6 p.m. So you probably 
you 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 probably have seen some of the highlights highlights at, at this point. I just don't. I went back, I pulled the highlights, and while watching it, I just still could not figure out for the life of me what was the cause of the utter collapse. That is the worst collapse I have seen from a UCL football team. Quite honestly, in my in my five years covering, I, I I've never seen I never seen a game that I can recall at this point that was so promising, was such a good, hard-fought ball game by both teams that went down so fast and so badly uh, for UCO. Now, there, there is a few, there is there's one sequence I, I've, I've kind of hammered down, I think might have been the cause. Uh, if you recall in that fourth quarter, I believe it was actually on the following drive after the touchdown, uh, from Steph to our dear friend Dante McGee, a shout out there to Dante McGee getting his first touchdown catch because of the uh, season there. There was back to back fifteen yard penalties. There was a face mask on uh, Hunter Largen, who who aside from that had a fantastic game. Uh, as we will see when we get into the recap and the and the stats, probably the best game he's had in the UCLA uniform, in my opinion. There's a face mask there, which I, I, you know, it's unfortunate, but the guy is fighting hard. He's fighting off blocks. That's fine. What really, what 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 really stuck in my crawl there, and 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 if you were there, you also online, you 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 saw it was stuck in the crawl of uh, head coach Adam Droll as well. Robert Fuentes, you love the guy, a, just a tremendous motor. Uh, he he plays hard each and every snap, and we said this. We said this last year. I said this in the position breakdowns. The the biggest thing with Robert is trying to control his emotions because Robert is is again for for as that motor and and the tenacity and the energy. It is good and and it, it is bad at the same time because sometimes Robert likes to get trash talk in. And, and he had gotten a few warnings early, early on, and I saw what happened. It was clear as day. Robert was in on the tackle. He got up, but he got up over the guy. And then, now, I don't think he purposely bumped the dude that was standing there, but just in the process of getting up over the guy, he bumps the dude. He bumps Missouri Southern lineman. And I guess because he, he had been warned prior to that, the rest through the through the flag. So that's 33 yards right there. I think that moved them down like it, close to the 10 in which they were scoring. And then after that, it went downhill. So I don't know if that was the exact moment in which things went south for them, as we will see in the in the in the recap. It's just, it just it is unfortunate because up to that point, you saw a lot of improvements. I will say. I got to give Coach Drew's offensive line unit there. I know Steph got, got rocked there uh, late in that fourth quarter, but uh, the Steph had, had to hold the ball long. He was trying to make something happen. Uh, that offensive in the past game, that was the best blocking, okay, they've had so far on the young season. And I, I give that line a lot of credit because it, it was bad. It was bad against Missouri Western. And they, to to their credit, they have improved every week. I I, wa- I really want to give that unit credit there uh, for, for making the strides. The, the, it was also the best pass game in terms of throwing actual passes. Now you recall last week, lived and died by the sheer Kemper screens. Okay, uh, early on in the season. There was a lot of screens to Diego and a lot of screens to Dante McGee. But again, I, I appreciate that because it's been asking for the man to get touches here, uh, and they haven't been giving it to him. But what we saw Saturday, what we saw, we saw, we really got to see what Eastern Michigan and Dakota native Jacob Delso is able to do. Okay, now we know early in the season, I know he had a few catches on some quick passes, didn't get much. He should have had a touchdown there in the Missouri Western game that was. Underthrown, I believe. His was either underthrown or or uh, over over overthrown. Uh, regardless, though, we we got to see what he can do. I like the speed of which he's there. Uh, he sure he could have had a few more catches. I know the wind was brutal there, as the announcers made sure to reiterate for the whole first half. 
So I think a few of Steph's passes sailed because uh, there was a few times where he was wide open at the end of passes. It, it just sailed on the man. Uh, but I was pleased by him. I was really pleased that we got a solid outing out of uh, another different of the podcast. Uh, trying to buy Zelda fourth. Uh, he he did have a bad play there, as we will see in the in the recap uh, down there in the red zone. But he had two really good catches. Actually, he 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 almost had three, but his butt or his uh, uh, thigh landed out of bounds. I think before he could drag the heel or the foot. But I gotta say that though the 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 the, the three catches Johnny had, he had one near the near the sideline. You've seen the highlight video. Whatever, tuning at the sideline. He had one near the sideline, though. It, it, and I got to say, that was tremendous ball placement there by 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 uh, by Steph. And you, if you go back to that second Steph one on one, when we when we when we break down the man's high school tape, uh, and he talks about the uh, deep ball. I, I I mentioned to him how he throws a catchable catchable deep ball. That was that was on display. He put it right on the money uh, near the sideline there. Uh, he put it right at a perfect place there for Bizel, who just made a tremendous grab. Uh, the, the defender had it had it had it well covered, and Bizel was able to uh, reach up, snag it, and get the foot down and bounce. Uh, I, I, after that, that was about the most emotion I have seen out of Bizel the foot on a, on a football field. Uh, that was a tremendous catch right there that would lead to a a touchdown. And then again, he had another catch near the sideline. Uh, that that made a third and long. It made it a fourth and short. And once you show with with then late later on, uh, um, convert. And so I I I want to give those two a lot of credit there. Really good games there. As I mentioned before with Dante, uh, the running get the running game. The running game was good. I felt like we went and again because I get messages from various. Uh, people during the game, I, I felt I felt like we kind of went away from the run a, a, a little bit too much too early. We, 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 were, we were able to get the run game going. Uh, Jalen Cottrell, uh, probably his his best game so far in, uh, in his young UCLA career. I was very pleased by the way he was running. I felt like we did a good job. Uh, even though I believe Steph ended up leading the team in rushing again, but he didn't have to run as much as he did last week, and you know that was that was a concern because obviously uh, we can't really afford Steph to go down at this point in time. Uh, I, I felt like we kind of went away from that early. Now later on, I understand why we kind of did, as we'll see when we get into the recap here, um, because there was an unfortunate injury during the game. Uh, the, the, the true freshman out of Union, Antonio Junior Junior Smith. Took a shot. Yeah, it was a clean legal shot. Uh, that I don't know. It kind of reminded me of the Daniel Bauman's thing from from the Missouri Western game last year, where out of an overabundance of caution, they uh, brought out the backboard and had to cart him off the field. Uh, I don't know to what degree the the injury is. They did not show him on the ground on the uh, webcast, so I do not know. I'm hoping it's not too bad. I'm hoping it's something similar to to a uh, bombing where it was more of a precaution thing, and Daniel was back like a week later. So uh, if if Mr. Smith is listening to this, I'm wishing you a speedy recovery. The Cho Show and Swap Report are wishing you a speedy recovery uh, because you had a, a you were having a great a great start to your youth show career. Uh, so if you you recall with Jace uh, Gardner being MIA currently, I still don't know why. Um, I tricked, he's still on the roster. He still has UCL football in his Twitter, Twitter bio, and his profile pic is still him in his jersey. So uh, I'm assuming he's still on the roster. I've not been told otherwise. Now, obviously, we know Peyton Scott is still injured. Now, he, it, it was noted by the old man. He was he was, he was suited up, uh, but he, he he did not play. So hopefully Peyton is close to getting back on the field there. Because right now, at this point, with I'm assuming Junior's going to be out, uh, for Saturday's game against Northwest Missouri, that would leave just two uh, active running backs that we've seen so far, not counting the fullback, uh, Andrew Carney, who scored his first touchdown in his uh, UCL career there. So shout out there to Andrew Carney. I think it's going to be a really good fullback here. Uh, but that just leaves Jenna Cottrell and Nasheer Kemper right now uh, as, the, uh, as the only two true running backs uh, that, are, that are active. Obviously, we have... 
Uh, Jackson Clemens, Josh Cast, the walk-ons, and then obviously you got Nate Jones, the other freshman there out of Clinton, who I hope we don't have to burn his his redshirt too. Um, so that's something to, to just keep keep in mind here as we we move forward. Uh, but again, I think there, were, there was a lot of positives. Like I said, you had the pass game. Uh, Hunter, 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 Hunter Largen. You know, it, the first two games, you would say it was Mike Pope that really kind of emerged outside of Fuentes and Slater. I will say Slater, Slater again, just, just. Uh, I mean, it, you can't say enough of things about the man. Now, I don't think he's going to get as many stats this year. I don't think, just because now people know but if you look at the way he's still affecting the passer, getting double teamed, uh, it, it's, just, it's just it's really impressive stuff. I know Julius Coates, the Arkansas transfer, he did not play in the ball game. They had a, a, a was it was it Javasia Brunson? I want to say it was Javasia Brunson uh, out there instead. And I'm not gonna lie to you, Javasia Brunson. If that was him, it was number ninety eight. I think it's Javasia Brunson. It, it it was it was not good. Okay, it, it it was it was not good. He got zero push. Uh, they just ran right by the by the, the man. Uh, we need we need to see more out of that. I will say they did put in Calvin Kitchens, the uh, North Texas transfer. Uh, he made he made he made a few few plays in that in that, in that ball game. But uh, Slater, it, it was again. You just can't say enough good things about the man. Uh, I was also pleased. Um, Okay, to the back. I, I was I was also pleased again by the punting. Uh, now I know David Vargas had his first bad punt of the season. It was a shame, but he did have a fifty-four yard punt. Uh, I think he had two fifty-yard punts in that in that game at um, at at a minimum. We'll see more when we get into the stats. But he had a fifty-four yard punt there uh, that almost was that that almost got recovered by UCO. I'm just trying to have footed that ball. But because of the hang time on the punt, the coverage team was able to get down there, make a make a tackle. I believe it was the long snapper uh, that made the tackle, forced the fumble. But unfortunately, they were not able to recover it. Uh, I think, like I said, I think there's a lot of positives there. Now, to me, the biggest negative, okay, and it was it was a negative last year. Okay, above all else, we go back to the corners. Okay, if you recall last year, if you knew last year, the corners were terrible. Let's, let's just call it what it is. They they played almost if it felt like every corner on the roster. They even had to throw uh, Kobe Stevens out there at the time with a true freshman out of a Walker. I was somebody I had expected to get the red shirt, but again, out of sheer desperation, threw him out there. I was I would I learned a lot about Kobe again that Northeastern State game uh, when they put him for the majority of the game on Mark Wheeland who is now at Pitt State uh, one of the better receivers in the conference and Kobe did indeed get get cooked late in that first half uh, against Mark 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 Wheeland uh, gave gave up a touchdown but the way he responded in that second half against Mark Wheeland I think he only had like two catches max. Uh, it, it it showed me it showed me a lot about Kobe Stevens and and as the season went on, you watched that since the Missouri game especially, uh, really 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 became UCL's best best corner there, uh, outside of Darius Hawkins, the previous A and M transfer who uh, graduated, uh, and so but again you have Malik Gray who just man. Man, man, the man was just bad. Let's just, let's just call it what it was. The man, the man was just bad. Uh, go listen to the spring preview for my rant on um, Lee Gray. But it, it was, it was just, it was just, it was just bad. And so a lot of guys left. You had um, guys like Tavis McDonald out there, Kyle Murray Jr. out there uh, that had not played uh, a whole lot, if, 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 if any. So I know they brought in a bunch of new guys. I just. We we we've seen now through three games, the top three corners have gotten 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 cooked at some point in time. Uh, Amante Davis in the season opener got absolutely cooked. Uh, last week Von Derrick got cooked, and then uh, if you look Saturday, uh, at least for a few plays, that Kobe Stevens did also indeed get get uh, cooked. It's just it's just it's not good. It's not good. 
Because if we're getting if we're getting it, it, it in Missouri in Missouri Southern, when we look at the stats there, they, they were able to pass the ball relatively well. And, and to me, that's a problem. Now I do know we, we we did it appeared they went away from the press man base, I suspect because of the size of that receiving unit at Missouri Southern. That was it. that is a long Football team right there. They remind me a lot of what Mark Stoops is doing at like Kentucky. There, they they just got length across the board. So I think they had to go to more to more of a zone, which was which, which was a problem because a lot of the intermediate stuff that was fixed last week was was more open again. Uh, but you just we we just we we got to get the corners fixed. I mean, it wasn't that long ago we had one of the better corner duels in the conference and Daniel Ballman and uh, Colby Underwood. And, and it just, we, the, the fall off has just been bad. And we got, we, we got to get that fixed because we, we are, we were asking Dylan Buckheit who led the team in tackles. Uh, we're asking Raekwon Wicks. We are, we are, we're asking Jonathan Mosley. Uh, we're asking Trayvon Crick. Those guys to like make a lot of ground. Um, now granted, granted, uh, Craig and Mosley have been, have been great against the run this season. So, uh, but we just, we just, we got to get that corner situation hammered out, especially heading into Northwest this, this week. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think if you take away, if you take, if you take away the end of the game aside, you saw a lot of promise. And I, I think Saturday's game, Will be a true a true test taking on the number two team uh, in the country. But before we get into that, here we get into the game recap. Here, uh, UCL would lose the coin toss from Missouri Southern would uh, would would uh, would defer. UCL would get the ball first immediately, lose five yards on a TFL on the first play, and then was set on a third down. Uh, it was it was not the start. It was it was not the start that you wanted there. Uh, UCL's punt would be returned to their own 49. Uh, they were then aided by two great catches on the draw. Missouri Southern would score. Now, the first one was a 30-yard touchdown. I think it, I'm a 30-yard catch. I think it was against or it was either Von Derry or Carson Murray. And I don't they, they could not defend it any better than what they what they what they what they what they what they did on that. It was just a tremendous catch. Uh, and then the touchdown was again a jump ball in which the six four receiver uh, was able to beat our corners, making seven nothing at the twelve or one mark. Uh, Kobe would have his his best return of the game there, uh, and then fought, and then that was followed up by a Nasir Kemper thirty two yard run, I believe it was his long of the season. Uh, then aided by a Stephon Brown scramble, UCO were punching in at the one yard line. At the 9-10 mark, the first career t- uh, touchdown for true freshman fullback Andrew Coyne out of Collinsville, making it a 7-7 game. Then later on in the first, Michael Slater again. Just it's just it's just it's just it, I was I gotta give I, I have to give Coach uh, Sean Sanders again that defensive line unit. I just I know we only have two sacks on the season. I I understand that, but you're working with the three man front. You've been working with with average and best coverage a lot of the times, but the pass rush has been the, the Emporia game. Go back to the Emporia game, pass rush was there. Go back to the Missouri Western game, pass rush was there. And in in the red zone and short yards, that defensive line almost every time answers the bell. It it, it was a big third down at the two yard line. Michael Slater. Fall off a defender, made the tackle on a quarterback draw right there that, that held Missouri Southern to a to a field goal right there. I'm making it 10, 10 to 7. Uh other things of note in that first quarter. Uh Cottrell, I think he had a season-long run there. And then uh and, and then following the, the, the punt I mentioned earlier for David David Vargas there that resulted in a forced fumble that would end the first quarter at a at a 10-7 Missouri Southern lead. So again, you're feeling you're feeling confident there. We had another big, big time stop there. The offense has shown some promise. Uh the second the second quarter, 
Uh, UCO would open it up on the first play by getting a third down stop. However, the drive would end in the punt that was shanked uh, and ended up at the Missouri Southern 45-yard line. Uh, on the following drive, however, I believe it was Hunter Largen, his first TFL of the football game, would lead to a punt. However, UCO would be cursed with the ball landed at their at their own 11. There was a lot of bad field positions for UCO here in this football game, and it seems like it's been a problem the whole season. They faced really good punting units. Uh, UCO would have to punt the ball on that on that on that drive after the after the, I think the wind caught the pass or caught caught the steps pass to Jacob Jacob Delso because again he was wide open there. Uh, Nothing of note. They would trade punts until the 9-22 mark when Marlo Hughes Jr., again, it's good to see him back out there too, uh, had a big third down deflection. That's where I thought Marlo was shining there in 2019 prior to the collarbone injury. Uh, but that punt would, of course, land inside the UCO 10-10-yard line. Uh, they had put Peyton Thompson in the, in the game for a few drives, I believe, at that, at that point. Uh, but he was sacked on the second down, and they had to punt the punt the football. That would end at the UCO 42-yard line. And then, unfortunately, 21 seconds before the half, uh, they would get another 50-50 jump ball over Amante Davis. Looking at a 17-7 game at the half. So if, if you're looking at it there, the two, uh, two, two touchdowns came on 50-50 balls uh, in which the receivers... Just, just was able, just with the sheer size, was just able to outjump the defenders. Now, I will say there's also some good ball placement there by Dawson Hurdle. Uh, really, really, really impressed me, honestly. Uh, you know, last year he was, I think, a registered freshman. Was not that great. Obviously, he had that touchdown pass to win the game, but that was awful, awful busted coverage. Uh, I, I saw great improvements out of him. I think that's a guy. Keep an eye on out in terms of, of young quarterbacks within the within the conference here. Uh, so UCO would open up the third, having to kick kick the ball off. Fuentes and Slater would have a great tackle at the 14. 22 mark that would force a three and out. Uh, they got the their best starting point of the day so far at their own 30 35. Uh Steph would 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 uh, return and take all but one snap. After that point, because he had because he had his helmet knocked, knocked off on one play, I think two plays maybe, and they had to put in Peyton Thompson. Uh, however, the first offensive snap was in the Sear Kemper fumble that was recovered by Missouri Southern, but the defense would hold him to a field goal. So at that point, it was a twenty to seven game. Um, then later on at the eight forty nine marks, when Junior Smith would get would get hurt, unfortunately, instead of wishing him the best. Uh, at the at the eight forty one mark uh, is when they is when they mounted the drive. Okay, I will say they they, they mounted a, a a nice drive. Uh, Jacob Delso had a had a nice catch there, followed by a thirteen yard run by Dylan Cottrell. Uh, they had a touchdown at the seven forty six mark. I'm not gonna lie to you. They had a wheel route called up for Carney. He was there, and he just dropped the ball. And it, it, it was it was all. Oh, I mean, they set it up beautifully too. They set it up so nice. That was a great play call there by Coach Adam Lichtenberg and Coach James Curley. It just was not able to be corralled in there. How, however, Carney would make up for it. He would he would convert the first third down of the day at the seven fourteen mark. They were zero seven prior. However, a few plays later. They tried once again the reverse pass with Bizel the fourth. Now I, I have to say I, I'm a Johnny fan. I don't know who he was throwing the ball to because I don't know who the target was. I don't remember if it was Delso, if it was Diego. I don't know who it was. I just know the man was double teamed and, and Johnny just threw it out there, and uh, it was picked off at the three. Um, but uh, Missouri Southern was not able to capitalize on that. And then to close out the, the quarter there, uh, Steph, I mean, just probably it, the best pass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to me, I think to me, to me, this is better than the Marquise King pass. 
I did the best pass out of Steph in a user uniform. I that they were in the ace. They called a bootleg. Uh, Steph was running. A defender had came up. Steph broke the poor man's ankles. He got right up to the line of scrimmage, threw a dart in the back of the end zone. Now there were there were two Broncos. I think it was Jacob Delso back there and Dante McGee. Uh, he threw it there. He threw it, I think, over in Missouri Shot and the center defender into the hands of Dante McGee, who got two feet in bounds and made the touchdown. Looking at a 2014 game heading into four. So again, here you are. You're feeling confident here. They cut it to a six-point game. Uh, you, you, the, the defense at the, up to that point was playing good football, given the, the coverage issues. Uh, in the offense, that there, you know, they had a nice drive. They had the momentum here. Um, but early on in that fourth, at the fourteen or two mark is when you had the double fifteen yard penalties that moved the ball from roughly like the thirty something into the UCO eight. Missouri Southern would then score a few plays later. They, however, would would miss the two point conversion, making it a twenty six fourteen game. At the 13-12 mark, uh, the following drive, UCO would have, would have ever find the end zone. So again, two back-to-back drives, similar to the Emporia game. I uh, started at the 12-24 mark where Dante McGee had a big third-down catch there. Uh, UCO would then follow that up by a fourth-and-two conversion, I will say. I will say Stephen with the ball. We are lucky the ball rolled out of bounds. Uh, now I, I, you know, because again, it's not, Steph did have a have a lot of a lot of yards. I think I don't remember if somebody put their helmet on the ball. I just know Steph had had, had crossed the first down marker, was still going, and then the ball just flew out. And like I said, thankfully they looked at it again and it rolled out of bounds. Uh, but UCO, however. Would not let that luck go to waste as the following play, Steph was able to draw a pass interference there on Jimmy on Dangerfield. Uh, and then at the 10-28 mark there, he'd have another nice pass there to Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Delso, followed by a nice pass to Bizell on a on a third and long there. That will set up another Steph run for a first down on a fourth down. And then next play, he would punch it in himself. We're going to get a 26-21 game at the 8-16 mark. So, again, this is where this is where I thought you're going to have another great finish similar to Emporia. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Now, at the at the 7-28 mark here, Hunter Largen would have his second uh, TFL of the game. Now, this, this is where I think things... Went off the rails here. Now at the five twenty three mark, Kobe would just I I can lie to you. Man just got mad. The man just flat out just got beat for a touchdown there. They made it thirty-two to twenty-one. Now it's still only a two-score game. Okay, you, you you're still in the ball game. However, at the four twenty-four mark, UCL would turn it over on a fourth down at their own twenty-eight. Missouri Southern would then score a touchdown. At the three thirty mark, UCO would then try to mount another drive there after that. After that fact, um, that's when Steph just got destroyed there by Jamie Tago. Uh, I think it's someone that we had previewed there in the uh, in the Missouri Southern preview last week. Uh, UCO would turn 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 the ball over on that downs, and then I just turn off the game because it was two minutes left. All they're gonna do was just take some knees. And uh, Missouri Southern ended up winning that football game 40 to 21. If we're looking at the at the numbers here on the day, Missouri Southern 21 first downs, a buck nine ninety-five rushing on 45 carries, 4.3 yards of carry, uh, two touchdowns through the air, 197 yards, three touchdowns on the day, 392 on 71 plays. Punt the ball six times. Uh, looking here in terms of in terms of turnovers, uh, and did Missouri Southern one interception. Uh, they were eight of sixteen on third down, with five of five in the red zone. 
two, uh, and they were, yeah, okay, that, that's what was there. For UCO, 16 first downs, above 55 rushing on 33 carries, 4.3 yards a carry, two touchdowns through the air, above 32, one touchdown, one pick, uh, 287 yards on 71 plays. Uh, six punts in the game as well. Uh, they were two of fourteen on third down. We just can't have that. We just, we just, we we, we gotta, we gotta move the chain because I get uh, the old man pointed this out too. He he's starting to wonder if some of the defensive wolves are late in the ballgame, and simply because they out on the field way too long during the course of the first three quarters. The two of fourteen would kind of suggest that they're. Uh, three of five on fourth downs, three of four in the red zone, uh, and they also were sacked one time. If we're looking at the individual numbers here, uh, through the air, Steph was 14 of 27, a buck, 25, one touchdown long of 28. Peyton Thompson, three of seven, with seven yards. Each of them was sacked one time by Zelda, fourth O of one with the, with the uh, pick there. Uh, now, what, when I was talking about the Missouri Southern Pass game, Dawson Hurl was 15 of 24, a buck 89, three touchdowns long of 42. We just cannot have that. We, we just we can't have that against a team of Missouri Southern's caliber because uh, that is just that's just not a good sign for us. They're heading into playing the Kearneys, playing Northwest Missouri, playing the Wasperts. It's just it's not going in well for us. If we do not get those, that corner, that coverage situation fixed. Uh, on the ground, Steph once again led the way. 12 carries, 49 yards. One touchdown, long of 15, 4.1 yards a carry. Getting a trail, 8 carries, 47 yards, long of 13. Almost 6 yards a carry. Like I said, the man, I will say, that is somebody that, that James Gilbert... Uh, made a point there to, to, to touch on during 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 the interview, and I, I see I see why. Um, Nasir Kemper five for thirty two, longer twenty two, six point four yards per carry. Antonio Junior Smith five carries, sixteen yards, longer eight, three point two yards a carry. Andrew Carney four carries, six yards, one touchdown, longer six, one and a half yards a carry. Peyton Thompson, two for five, long at eight, two and a half yards per carry. Um, what we get here? Then receiving-wise, Johnny Bazell led the way. Two catches, 38 yards, long of 28. Jacob Delso, two catches, 33 yards, long of 23. So as you see, we were able to push the ball down the field, I think, for the first time this season. Uh, that wasn't a catch and run. Uh, Diego Richards, three for 23. Did not know he caught the ball that many times. But that, that's very good because you recall last week I said we needed more out of Diego and Marzell the fourth. Uh, three for 23, long of 10. Dante McGee, three for 16, one touchdown long of third 13. Oscar Hammond, two for 13, long of seven. Fiona Cottrell, three for seven, long of five. Nasir Kemper, two for two, long of six. Uh, and then looking at the defense here, leading the way, Dylan Buck, high 10 tackles. Hunter Large, just again, a fantastic game with the side of that face mask. Uh, nine tackles. Kobe Stevens, eight tackles, eight and a half. I mean, well, <laughs> eight and a half. Half TFL. Connor Johnson, eight tackles, a half TFL. Uh, Blake Barone, eight tackles. Michael Slater, five tackles. Chase Faber, five tackles. Raekwon Wicks, four tackles. Robert Fuentes, three tackles. Trayvon Craig, three tackles, one TFL. Probably, this is probably the, the, the best game I saw out of Trayvon Craig in terms of just being around the football there. Uh, Kaishaw Murray, three tackles. Jonathan Mosley, two tackles. Now, I will say Mosley has, has done a fantastic job this year in, 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 in run support. I think he's had a few third and short stops already. Uh, Mike Pope Jr., two tackles. Marco Domeo, two tackles. Marlo Hughes, two tackles. Jason Harris, one tackle. Monte Davis, one tackle. Oscar Hammond had a tackle on special teams. 
Noah West, one tackle. Zane Adams, one tackle. Uh, Peyton Hunt, one tackle, one forced fumble. That was the dude. That's the long snapper there that had that play on the punt. Uh, and then Calvin Hutchings, one tackle. Looking at the punting the ball here, David Vargas. I was 41.2 yards a punt with one inside the 50. Um, and let's see, in terms of kickoffs, Covedo, three touchbacks. And uh, that is the final notes of the stats from that game. So you still now sitting at one and two, returning home Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff. Inside Richardson Stadium, I will be there. Thankfully, the first home game I'm able to attend this season. I cannot wait for it. However, it's Hall of Fame night, and they are playing Coach Droll's old stomping grounds. Number two ranked undefeated Northwest Missouri. Now, that if that sounds daunting, it is daunting. However, I go back 2018, and this is eerily similar. Okay, this is eerily similar. I thought about this last night. This is early similar 2018. Let me, if you're new here, let me set the scene for you. Okay, 2018, they lost the opener to Kearney. It is unfortunate. Former quarterback, uh, Case Calhoun's pass to former receiver, uh, Dustin Boskis, who was an absolute beast, was tipped by Kearney, the deep defensive back, at the very last second. Uh, to get a key stop there for them to win that ball game. Uh, Keats would then get... Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Take that back. Take that back. Take that back. It was, it, was, it was Pitt. Excuse me. They lost the first game to Pitt on the road 26-7. And the home opener was when that happened. So they were 0-2. They were 0-2. They went into Lindenwood, who is now no longer in the conference. They're actually good now. They were garbage back then about the level of what Missouri Southern has been in the past. And uh, they went on the road there, and they were able to win that game. It was, it was, it was pretty handily, I think. I think it got bad late when they, when they usually had, had put the backups in there. But Keith Calhoun got hurt in that, in that football game. And Chandler Garrett, the Wyoming transfer, he sat behind Josh Allen, uh, the Mustang native there. He would have to come, 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 come in that game. He would lead the win. But I remember this for whatever reason, the stat line hits me. He was four of 11 for a buck oh five, two touchdowns, and one interception. Now, mind you, the previous year he was used as a Blake Bell type short yardage uh, runner in the Wildcat package. So he's making his first start. Yeah, he's making his first start. At home against, I think they were number four, number five, undefeated Northwest Missouri. That was also shortly after the uh, former UCO safety slash linebacker, Derek Loxton, train accident. Uh, in which, if you are new here, Derek Loxton was an absolute stud of a safety for UCO out of Westmore. I unfortunately got his foot cut off by a by a train in a tragic, in a tragic accident. Uh, was able to come back and play with a prosthetic last year. It was just a, a, a great story there. Um, and so he made his first start in the game. Uh, we, uh, to, say, to say that I expected to see UCO up at the end of that third quarter, I think it was 28-3 to three in, that, in that football game, uh, would have been a blatant lie. Uh, they, now, Missouri Southern, um, Northwest Missouri would make, make it a comeback. However, former linebacker Dylan Hall would have a great goal line stand. And UCO was able to win that game, I think by seven or five, something like that. Uh, so, again, if you look at, they were one and two at that, at that time. Where is UCO now? They are one and two at that time. Okay, we're looking here. Northwest Missouri, number two team in the country. Now, they were number like four or five then. Still undefeated, okay? You, you, you've got two quarterbacks here, similar styles, both big physical quarterbacks that can run and that can pass, okay? Uh, you go back to 2018, Elliot Curry, uh, who ended up transferring to Henderson State and getting a shot with the New York Giants, was hurt. 
in that game. He broke his collarbone in that football game. I believe Mikhail Hall, it was a bees out of John Marshall. I think he was hurt in that football game. I think they were playing true freshman Tyrone Howell, who that name sounds, it sounds, sounds familiar. Tyrone Howell is now starting for Louisiana uh, Monroe. I think he had a catch against both Texas and Alabama. So shout out there to uh, Tyrone Howell. Uh, Tyrone Howell had his red shirt burn in that Lindenwood game, went for over 100 yards in that Lindenwood game. Uh, went on to have a great freshman season, which I called because I saw it in a preseason scrimmage. And uh, he got hurt the following year and then transferred to Garden City, where he won a national cha- championship and then earned a scholarship there to Kansas State, where he played some last year before deciding to transfer to play for Terry Bowden and the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe for his final season of eligibility. Yeah. We're looking, we're looking at the receiving core now, right? We've still got a lot of unproven guys, okay? They're coming off the best game from a receiving standpoint on the season here. I just, there's a lot of similarities, okay? There's a lot of similarities. At that time, UCO was still trying to figure out the secondary. UCO is still currently trying to figure out the secondary. I think when you add in the fact that the team should be mad the way the Missouri Southern game ended, you add in the fact that they're going to want to win this game, not only for themselves, but for Coach Doral. And I, I just think it get, it is lining up. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have a repeat of that. It would, no, it would be great if we did. It would be fantastic. I'm just saying we should not count UCO out of this football game. I, I think we've seen here in the Missouri Western game, if that was their worst offensively and they were still in that ball game in the fourth quarter right there, uh, they beat a very good Emporia State team that beat the brakes on Missouri Western. I think it was like 33 to, it was either 33 or 36 to 16, just beat the brakes off them. Uh, this, this is not a bad ball club, okay? And Missouri Southern is not a bad ball club. If you recall Missouri Southern, only lost to Kearney by 17 on the road. This is, I'm telling you, this conference is a tough conference. You could, every team, I feel like, has a chance to beat every team. So I just, I'm not going to say UCO does not have a chance. However, I will say that they will have to play their best game of football for four quarters. Because we take a look at what Northwest Missouri is bringing to, to Edmond, Oklahoma. As I mentioned, undefeated number two in the, in the country. Coming off a 24-7 win over Central Missouri, where they held the Mules to negative three yards rushing on 26 carries. Again, negative three yards rushing on 26 carries. They also notched eight sacks in the ball game. Again, eight sacks on the season. They are outscoring foes 38.3 to 15.3 and have a total of 15 sacks in three games. Again, they have a 25-point margin of victory and 15 sacks in three games. They are outscoring foes in the second quarter of games, 43-9. to And the third quarter, 27-7. to Again, outscoring foes in the second quarter, 43-9. to and the third, 27 to 7. So, as you can tell here, uh, th- this is a very good ball club. And, and, and I was looking when I was doing the scouting here as a big physical ball club. Uh, now, I will say, I will say, I know UCO, the defensively, they can get the stops. Last year against them, it was only 10 nothing at the half. It should have been 3 nothing at the half. They got a lucky Hail Mary pass on the last play of the half last year. That was tremendous defense on the road there in Marysville. 
And you recall Dylan Buckhide had the pick in the in the in the in the in the end zone. That defensive line right there, Michael Slater, Robert Robert Funtes was just eating in the in that ball game. Uh, the defense can get stops, okay? Because the offense, the the offense did not impress me last year. Uh, I I see they had the same quarterback who didn't do did not impress me last year. And you can get pressure on Mike Honesy. You'll make some bad choices. Okay, and the problem last year was because the offense did not did not score in that football game. They wore the defense down. We cannot have that because once they wear you down, they do have a big physical offensive line, and they they will just run it down your down your throat. Okay, so it is imperative you show comes out. They have sustained drives offensively here. We can keep the defense as fresh as possible for late in that football game. Now I mentioned Mike Holmesy when looking at their key players. Uh, he, he he is the quarterback against Chichester, Missouri. He was 12 of 24 for a buck 37, one touchdown, one interception. I said again, just not that hot of a quarterback in my in my opinion. I uh, had 10 carries for 46 yards, one touchdown. On the season, 544 yards, five touchdowns, one pick, 71% completion percentage, uh, 73 yards rushing, one touchdown. On the ground, running back Jamar Moya, 5'9", 185, uh, again, Missouri, 16 carries, 90 yards, one touchdown, 5.6 yards of carry, led in receiving, 7 catches, 69 yards, one touchdown, long of 30, 32. On the season, 36 carries, 193, two touchdowns, 5.4 yards per carry. Second leading receiver on the team, 17 catches, a buck 24, two touchdowns. So this is a guy um, that we have to keep tabs on. I really hope the linebacking core is up to it. I was glad Marlo Hughes had a better game in coverage because uh, probably going to be needed there. Uh, their best receiver, Trevin Alexander, 6'2", 198, Iowa transfer. Uh, had three for 33 uh, against the Mules on the season. 11 catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns, 17 and a half yards, a catch long of 35. They like said <coughs> offensively, they don't they don't wow you. I just think because their defense right now is so dominant that they're wearing foes down and just running it down their throats there late, late in ball games. Uh looking on the defensive side of the ball is what is what really, really scares me here. Um, you got linebacker Isaac Volstead, 6'1", 220, had four tackles, a half a T, one and a half TFLs, one and a half sacks, and one hurry last week. He's tied for the team lead with 17 tackles, three and a half for loss, two and a half sacks, one breakup, one hurry, uh, not too bad, well, one breakup, one deflection, three quarterback hurries, one from a, from a, from a recovery. Uh, in the secondary there, they've got Red Jordan, 5'10", 185, had six tackles. Uh, last week is tied for a team lead with 17 tackles, two breakups, two deflections. Also has safety Shane Fredrickson, 5'11", 196, three tackles last week. Uh, on the season, 14 tackles, one breakup, two deflections, and tied for the team lead with one in an in, interception. Uh, then looking here, what scares me the most here on this defensive front, uh, again, that's just a big physical defensive front. As you recall, they had a dude drafted in the sixth round by the Patriots. Uh, that, that, that's, just a, that, that's just a tough front, man. Um, led by Elijah Green, 5'11", 263. Reminds me of the dude from Washburn last year. You recall the dude from Washburn last year. Similar build that had like eight sacks up to that point. And that was game like seven, seven, eight. Uh, so kind of reminds me a lot of him. Uh, last week had six tackles, four and a half TFLs, four sacks. So uh, again, that, that interior offensive line there, Lane Grantham, Montreal Lee. Um, who else we got in there? We got uh, Kellen Culberson. Yeah, whoever is in there on the interior offensive line, they better bring a hard hat. They better bring they 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 lunch pail there, cause it's gonna be a very tough, hard nosed physical football game up front there for four quarters. 
On the season, 13 tackles leads the team, 7.5 TFLs, 4.5 sacks, uh, 1 breakup, 1 deflection, 5 hurries. Got another defensive tackle in Zach Howard, 6'3", 303, had 2 tackles last week. Uh, on the season, 9 tackles, 4.5 for loss, 3 sacks, and 2 hurries. So, uh, I think... You know, it, again, it's, it's going to be tough. It, it just, it just is. I mean, obviously they're they're good for a reason, but I don't think it's impossible to beat them. I, I, I really don't. I think if 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 you see, if we can if you still can get an offense and defense going for four full quarters, I think they can almost beat anybody in the conference. I, I, I truly believe that. The problem is. Like we we have it's not there. Like it's not we'll have a drive in the first, then do nothing for a whole quarter, and then have a drive in the third, and maybe a drive late in the third, and then do nothing, and then have a drive in the fourth. And it's like we can't we're wearing the defense out, I think. Um, especially given the given the coverage issues, we don't want them out there for too, too long. And I think that that's that that, that it's happening. And it's unfortunately it's skewing the numbers some. Uh, so I just hope the offense comes ready to ready to ready to play. <clears throat> I hope the team comes ready to play. At least they should be should be mad after how that game uh, ended. And then finally, here wrapping things up here, looking at the conference standings. Uh, Northwest Missouri leading leading the way, the only undefeated team still in the conference. Then you got Pitt State and Poirier State. Missouri Southern, Missouri Western, Kearney, Washburn, UCO, Fort Hayes, Central Missouri, Lincoln, and NSU. Those last three are still winless. Uh, so, again, I'm looking forward to seeing how this team does respond. Uh, <clears throat> I'm anticipating it being a good a good crowd there. Obviously, it's, it's a Hall of Fame weekend, so... We suspect to see some uh, alumni there. Obviously, it's going to be a probably an emotional ball game there for Coach Doral as much as he wants to try to downplay that. I'm pretty sure the guys know. Uh, but again, if you a win here can change the season. In 2018, UCLA won that game. They were shut out the following week against Fort Hayes, 15 nothing. But they ran the table after that. I feel like if UCLA if UCLA can, can win this game. You have two wins. You have two wins against two good football programs in Emporia and Northwest Missouri. And I just think, I think we will know more about this team after Saturday. I said it's going to take three or four games. I'm not quite there yet. I need to see another game. And this is a perfect game to see. If they, if they go toe-to-toe, with Northwest Missouri, they lose by say two scores or less. Okay, then, then I we have an idea one way. If if however they get ran on by Northwest Missouri, they lose by 20 or more. Okay, then I think we kind of have an idea. So depending on how this game goes, depending on the circumstances of the set game here, I think when we come on next week. I might even stream next 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 week at that point because we'd be four uh, four games in, and I want to get you all's feedback at that time as well to to really get a true idea of where this team is currently at because consistency is the problem that was the problem last season uh, um, as, as well. However, this season it makes sense given the new schemes, the new coaches, and the new players. Last year to me was just I don't know what that what that was, um, so I'm I'm just hoping I'm hoping for a good football game. I, I imagine it'll be a physical physical game. I imagine that uh, the players players will be up for that, and 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 I imagine that they, they want to put the ending to last week by behind them. So really looking forward to being there. Uh, we should have some post game thoughts there from Coach Doral. If depending on the location of said post-game press conference, uh, I will try to get a video of it. They'll be uploaded to the Show Show Podcast Network YouTube channel again. The the Player of the Week video 
should already be up on the YouTube channel. The highlight video is coming later on today because you're hearing this um, possibly, possibly Monday, possibly Sunday. Um, I know I did not promote it until Monday because I, I recorded this late and there's NFL games on, so I know it would get lost in the shuffle um, more than likely. So, uh, like I said, until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.